Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. God sort of is a God of order, and and we were designed to appreciate that. And so that's one part of it. Another part is, you know, stewardship of what we've been given and trying to be the best stewards we can be. I mean, granted, life happens and houses get cluttered and messy, um, but being the best stewards we can be of, you know, our homes and our stuff. And then the other aspect is sort of just trying to be gracious with yourself and remembering Bible verses as encouragement to get through the process. With chaotic spaces come cluttered minds. Interior decorator and home coach Shannon Atchison wants to solve both problems with the ultimate stress-free guide to getting your home back under control. Room by Room Atchison's The Clutter Fix, the no-fail stress-free guide to organizing your home, tackles the shoulds and should-nots of reorganizing your home. In there, she also shows us how our clutter and our faith are connected. We're going to hear all of that and so much more today. We're joined today by Shannon Atchison. Not only is she an author, a blogger, you also own a company, Homemade Lovely. Tell us a little bit about that and a little bit more about yourself. Um, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, Homemade Lovely actually started as it was named something else uh, about 12 years ago when my husband and I were renovating a very rundown, tiny little bungalow in the suburbs of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And um, I had looked around and we were doing some research on DIY and just saw all these other people sort of blogging and, and potentially making money at it. And I thought, hey, I'd tried a whole bunch of other businesses before that being home and homeschooling my kids. And so Homemade Lovely was kind of born as a blog where we just shared DIY projects and stuff. And it's grown from there to there's still a huge blog component to it where I share articles and how to's and stuff like that. But um, now we have some digital products, courses, and of course, a couple of uh, now traditionally published books as well. You are on to your second book. The second book is called The Clutter Fix. Mm Okay, my first big question with this before we get fully in depth into it (laughs) is there's a biblical perspective that we can put into this when i hear the word clutter all i can think of is a whole lot of curse words i can only (laughs) think of the negative that comes alongside all of this when i look at my house i see clutter right the anxiety goes up it's not a positive thing i can't even see how i can begin to look at this from a biblical that is a tough word to say biblical (laughs) perspective tell me how you are incorporating this into clutter um, in a couple of ways, I think, you know, God sort of is a God of order and and we were designed to appreciate that. And so that's one part of it. Another part is, you know, stewardship of what we've been given and trying to be the best stewards we can be. I mean, granted, life happens and houses get cluttered and messy, um, but being the best stewards we can be of, you know, our homes and our stuff. And then the other aspect is is sort of just trying to be gracious with yourself and remembering Bible verses as encouragement to get through the process. So a few a few ways to look at it that way. That's a way better way to look at it and a (laughs) a better way to start decluttering. Now, one of the biggest home issues I'm assuming that is facing women today is clutter. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so. I've initially the blog started sort of and my business started um, DIY and decorating and stuff like that. But of course, there's organizing and and tidying that goes with that. And so a couple of years ago, when I was first starting to talk to my my readers and stuff about clutter, 
or, and organizing. And I asked them, I actually said, I said, you know, what is your biggest problem at home? And I think about 2000 people got back to me and it was like clutter was the biggest issue, like beyond anything else in their home. Clutter was it. That was that was what was weighing them down and bogging them down. So it's a huge thing. And obviously clutter made itself known a little bit more over the past two years while many of us were stuck at home. It's true. It's true. You spend that much time in a space. Um, you'll notice the things that are great about it, but you'll notice the things that are not so great about it too. And yeah, and clutter was really brought to the forefront in the last couple of years. As I mentioned earlier, I know that when I see clutter or any other mess or whatnot in my house, that just automatically just sets me right off. So how are our minds tied to our spaces when it comes to our home and our workplaces? You know what? There is a whole psychology thing behind it. I, I'm not a psychologist, but, you know, from it just affects how we think it weighs us down. It makes us feel like we're never finished, um, you know, tidying, cleaning, doing all that stuff when there's clutter out and about and things aren't, you know, sort of put away or streamlined. It feels it makes us feel like we're never done, which then leads to, oh, we're a failure. And, oh, I can't invite people into my house because it's a mess. And just all these things, our brains sort of tumble. And so it has a huge effect on our on our minds. It's just inexplicably tied to how we feel about our homes. So how do we start to simplify and how do we start to get rid of that clutter, especially when you have a house with little children, because they come with a whole lot of clutter. <laughs> they, do. they do. It's been a while since my kiddos were little, but they still make messes pretty good. Oh, yes, <laughs> they are. But you know what? Start with the simple stuff. Don't try and tackle like the big stuff or and especially, you know, sort of leave the sentimental clutter kind of things, the sentimental things that you've inherited or whatever. Leave that until a bit later and sort of just start at the beginning. Look around. Do you do you have any just because you're tired and worn out? Do you have any garbage lying around that can just clearly be tossed? Anything that's broken beyond repair that you know, you're never going to fix and is completely useless to anyone else. It can't be, get rid of, throw it out. And then from there, just start with the easy stuff or start with a very, very small space. And so in the clutter fix, I have a couple of options. There's um, a 10 day decluttering shortcut, which tackles sort of the highest clutter collecting areas, the, um, you know, kitchen counters or the entryway or whatever. And so it's a, it's a really short um, buzz through those quickly. And there's a list of 120 things to toss guilt free. So there are things you don't even have to think about that you can, I mean, you can throw them out if that's, you can donate them, you can recycle them, whatever the case may be, but get them out of your space. Um, yeah. So start with those easy things that will give you some sort of quick wins and sort of make you feel like you can really actually do this thing because you can. I like to pawn off my excess stuff to friends. So then I'm like, oh, if it is important, we'll still see it because it's, you know, <laughs> friends. Um, there but you go. That works. I also I love to purge. I love to get rid of things. My my son, yeah, he also he's five, so he doesn't really get it. But my daughter, she's eight, she's attached to absolutely everything. And my husband also attaches life to everything that he has. So how do we all get on that same page and that same place where we can start this process so that we can all, you know, live in this comfortable home? So you may or may not be able to get everybody on board 100%, truthfully. Honestly, um, not everyone's going to feel the same way about it. And so you may or may not. So if you have that expecta expectation going in that you might not, you know, my husband's the same way. He loves to hold on to things. He's one of those hold on to things just in case. And I love him and he's amazing. <laughs> and sometimes we have needed a couple, you know, that two by four for some random project or something. 
But, you know, it's sort of just working. I've worked with him over the years and sort of just asked him, okay, so why are you holding on to this? What's making you feel like you need to keep this? And then if it's really, it's just a, I don't know, I kind of just felt like I needed to. I'm like, well, could you part with it? <laughs> kind of just ask the questions and communicate the same as with anything. And with kids, I mean, they go through a stage, I think it's about five to eight years old, where they really do just want to hold on to everything and sort of just, I don't know, as long, roll with it a little bit and try and, and be gracious with them because they'll appreciate it. I, we once accidentally, I mean, my daughter, I didn't know when my youngest was, you know, I think she was about five and we got rid of this tiny little ridiculous stuffed animal we got at a fair or something. Like it was the ugliest little thing. But she told me later, we sold it at a garage sale with your bunch of other stuff they didn't want. And she told me later, she's like, why did you get rid of it? I really loved it. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And so, you know, if I'd known, I sort of would have just held on to it for a bit for her. And eventually like, she's purged things on her own as she's gotten older. And so don't get rid of things that they find precious for them because they may or may not be okay with that. Mm. <laughs> um, but just make it easy for them. Make it easy for everyone to have a place to store things. Set an example. Make sure, you know, everything has a home. Give them a home for their stuffed animals if that's what it is. You know, my husband, he's got a spot for extra, you know, wood in the garage should he want to keep it or screws or whatever it is that he feels the need to keep. And so sort of just work with them and be gracious with them because that's how they feel and communicate with them. Ask the questions like, why do you feel like you need to keep this sort of thing? Yes, in some situations that can actually lead to a little bit of trauma in those little people, at least. I it mean, can, even in adults sure. as well. People assign, um, not consciously usually, but they just assign life and value to to things. So yeah, it, it, communicate. Hoarding is a whole other thing that I'm yes. not equipped to deal with. And so there are there are definitely people who can help with that for sure. I like what you said about give everything a place. Yeah. We just started doing this recently. And when it comes to cleaning now, cleaning is simplified, in my opinion. So Tell us a little bit more about that and, and giving things a home. So um, ideally, you'll do a purge before you do that, ideally, because then you'll know how much space you need for each sort of grouping or, or thing. And so then you will, um, yeah, then you just, you assign the best home for it that, you know, with the space that you have, with the space that that thing will take up and you just organize it that way so that, you know, people know where things go. It's much easier that way. When our kids were little, we had buckets for their toys and they were too little to read labels. And so I took pictures of what went in those buckets and then they knew where it went when it was time to tidy up. So, you know, yeah, having homes for things makes it much, much easier. Might you have to remind the people in your house? Yep. <laughs> That's just life. But I still know where to put it when you remind them, hey, you know, that doesn't live there. It lives, you know, <laughs> somewhere else. Once we have decluttered our home, mm -hmm. how do we keep that clutter from coming back in? We did a huge purge in 2019, but it somehow slowly all trickled back into our home. It does. How do we stop that from happening? Like, <laughs> um, and so there are a number of things. You know, some people suggest a one in, one out rule. If you're going to bring something in, get rid of something else, pr preferably something similar in the same sort of category. So if you're bringing in a new, you know, chair, you get rid of a chair kind of thing so that you're not filling it up. Um, you know, the other thing is, is I routines and habits will help you if you start putting things away at the end of the day, you'll know exactly what you need and what you don't need. And so then, 
you know, when it does come into your house, someone gives it to you or whatever, you don't necessarily have to hold on to it or you trade out the thing that you have for the newer, better thing, what, whatever, but you're not holding on to all of it. And so routines and habits are huge. And then, you know, you're, we all need to do seasonal sort of purges, Christmas time, spring, depending on where you live. If you have four full seasons, you know, you've got a lot of gear kicking around for all the weather, right? Yes. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, so you just sort of need to do a seasonal purge and Clutterfix has checklists for all of those to make it super, super easy. Now, speaking of the clutter fix, can you give us a few um, of the tips that you include in that book? Don't give them all to us because we obviously <laughs> want people to pick up that book. <laughs> um, so I've already shared a few. So the, there's um, the 120 things to throw away checklist, which is super, super helpful just to clear out a bunch of stuff initially. Um, there's there's the exact steps. There's about seven or eight steps to organize any space. But then I've broken it down for like every space. So, you know, a kitchen, a bathroom, a drawer in a kitchen, the attic. So it's all broken down into step by step as checklists so that you can check it off. And if you if you do get a copy of the clutter fix, there's a link in there that you can follow to get more downloadable checklists to reuse them whenever you need them or whatever, or if you don't like writing in books. <laughs> um, and then there's all the habits, you know, there's how to lay out a morning habit and a before bed habit so that you can keep these things sort of going and keep your house neat and tidy and organized. So there's a lot in there. <laughs> and there's actually, there's another, one of my other favorite parts is there's a whole bunch of, um, not woo woo, not weird, but affirmations that you can use to sort of get your mind in the right spot mm. so that you can tackle this clutter with the right mindset so that you are successful with it. Now, going back to something we said earlier, um, when it came to faith, you yeah. said, like, when we have clutter, we don't want to invite people over. Mm -hmm. We don't want to have that community and that fellowship. Yeah. At the end of the day, if we declutter our home, how is this improving our faith even? Um, I think it makes it a lot easier to be open to inviting people in, which is one of those things I talked about in my first book, Homemade Lovely, is hospitality and loving on our friends and our neighbors and other Christians. And if if we, you know, they're not coming to inspect your house, but if you feel uncomfortable about it, you're not going to want to invite them in. And so if you make it easier on yourself and you, you know, you declutter at least even just the main areas, at least to start. And so then you feel much more comfortable inviting people in and then you can love on them and you can sort of build on that. And that that should encourage you to to sort of just keep going with it. For those who want to learn more about this book, want to learn, want to start decluttering their home, maybe in the next few weeks, how can <laughs> they go about learning about your book and learning more about you? Mm -hmm. um, so you can visit homemadelovely.com. Um, there is a link to the book page on there with all the links to all the stores that are selling it and a little bit more about the book and, and all of that. And then there's a whole bunch of free resources on homemadelovely.com as well for decluttering and decorating and all the things. I love it. Uh, for yeah. those out there that may be sitting there going though, I've been there. I've done that. I've decluttered. I've decluttered. I've decluttered. I've decluttered. So I'll come back. So I'll come back. What would you say to that person that's completely lost hope in their home and have just given up? You know what? You can totally do it just because you failed at something before doesn't mean you can't be successful at it in the future. There are some really quick wins in the in the beginning of the book. There's the mindset work that is potentially was missing the other times you decluttered. And then, of course, at the end, there is the super important that, you know, when you get to maintenance mode and um, the habits and the routines to keep your house clutter free and organized going forward. So you can totally do it. And 
you know, the Clutter Fix has all the steps. It covers all of it. Clutter Fix. I definitely have to pick that up. And so does everyone else that is listening to this. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.